my bank, my first ever card, my debit card, my grand would, uh, op- all our grandchildren, she'd open an account for them when they fin- um, turned 13, she'd put £300 in it to get you going, right? My first card read, read Mr. Uh, Mr. G. Philip. My middle name's Philip. They thought senior was a title. So, so for like about 10 years, I was called, they thought I was called Mr. Gordon Philip. So, so they thought, so was that like a kid's account? Uh, well, no, well, no, it was, it was just, un- no, why would a kid have, have senior, exactly, why would I be called senior, a 13 year old? Fuck me. Hello and welcome to The Harsh View with me, Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is Calvin to talk about pre-season and the start of our League Cup campaign. Look ahead to Stirling and Inverness. We talk about the signing policy at the club and hopes and predictions for the new season. How are we all? Yeah, yeah, really well. Um, I think it's, it's been a nice break, I think. Um, almost hopeful that the nightmare of last season and everything that went along with it is now in the past. You know, we've we've been back to the match. Um, things are looking a little bit brighter. Um, so hopefully the, the, the future um, on and off the park is, is certainly a lot better than, than what it was. You know, last season, I mean, listen, we, we got the job done in the end, but I think just that season in general will go down probably the worst for any football fan, regardless if you've won trophies. Um, it's probably the most difficult being a football supporter um, and hopefully it never happens again. It feels good to finally get back as well, doesn't it? You know, we, we did yeah. go to the, the Cove game um, last week and it was it was it was actually it, it was actually weird but at the same time it was pretty normal yeah it was quite emotional actually to be honest with you walking through the turnstiles um i, I think when when you walk through the the little sort of concourse but and and you see sorry the the the, the t- just tin castle for the first time from from the pitch it, it generally does bring things flooding back and um yeah it was it was quite emotional you know and, and never in, in you know, in your life, did you think that, that a game against Cove Rangers you would be so excited for, but generally couldn't sleep the night before? I was just, uh, oh, listen, I was like a kid at Christmas again. It really was. It was, uh, it was brilliant. It won't be the same until you know, Ten Castle's full again, but um, just to be there and and see them play football again was just, uh, it was just brilliant. I unfortunately never managed to get back to Ten Castle just yet. Hopefully, fingers crossed for the the Celtic game, but. Yeah, it's great to actually see fans back. Seeing, seeing fans at seeing fans back at the Euros is quite a quite a marked change from what we've seen over the last couple of years. Not the last couple of years, last sixteen months or so. Feels like a couple I, of years. It does feel like a couple of years. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to get back just to get back to some normal. I was quite gutted to the way at the weekend, so I didn't get the Sunderland game either. I would have quite like to have just went to that just to get back into the the ground at some point. Whether they lasted the ninety minutes, a different story. But let's see. Um, yeah. Just hopefully that is it past that's it past us completely. We could probably start getting back to away games as well. Even even yeah. something like that'd be great to just get back to doing well of doing on a Saturday. I know. And it's actually nice to be sitting with you both doing this podcast in person. Only done the last podcast um of last season all in person, but it's actually quite nice to actually see his face to face for once, which is good which is quite good. It's great to actually get together and do this rather than like you say, doing it over Zoom constantly yeah, I mean if I never have to use that app in my life ever again I'll be pretty happy about it to be honest we'll start the show by chatting a little bit about the League Cup games and pre-season Kevin you did watch the Peterhead game from right and saying I mean yeah what, what impressed you about Hearts was there much that impressed you or did you 
Was that just run in the mill sort of one? Well, we've not made these what should be run the mill games very run of the mill over the last ever since the league cup groups were in, incepted. Um, so what did impress me was professionalism. We actually went out against a lower league side, a, a team who beat us the last time we played them up in Peterhead. Um, and we beat them, and we beat them comfortably. Um, we weren't really threatened at any point. We didn't really get out of the first game, but then again, first competitive game back against the lower league side. You know, our fitness seemed to show then, given the quite intense... I know, again, the standard opposition's not been great, but it was an intense pre-season when we seemed to have a game almost every day. Some Sometimes we had two games a day to get make sure every player was getting getting minutes. So, no, overall, I was impressed by professionalism and just, just the overall way we went about our business rather than, you know, grinding out a 1-0 or drawing or as we've seen recently getting beat in these sort of games so no it was a impressive well, impressive is probably not the right word it was a, a performance we should expect in games like that but we actually finally got one so yeah I'm happy yeah I, th- I thought it took Hearts maybe 5-10 minutes to get started but I think when they did you could clearly see that they had more quality than Peterhead um, you know I thought when when we did start to to sort of move the ball a bit quicker, which you, you should really expect from, from the players of the, the quality that we have. You know, I think we've, we've got some good footballers in the team. Um, and I think this is what frustrated people is that when we'd come up against lesser opposition, we just, you know, simple things would, we would just stop doing simple things. And, and you wouldn't, I think, to break sides like Peter Heads down and, and some of the teams who play in the championship, you've got to play football. You know, you've got to use your quality, you've got to find the space and, and we just didn't do that at times last season. We just used to play in front of them and, and hope that something would happen where I think, you know, hopefully this season we'll be able to take the these games by the scruff of the neck and, and you know, teams will be a bit more expansive anyway. So hopefully our players that, that do that are able to make space for themselves will will exploit that and um, and we can certainly make the most of it. I thought the two goals were really, really good. Um, I think credit Mackay Stephen for the first one. Um, it was the first time he, he really got in behind the the Peterhead defence, and it was a it was a really cool finish. And I think we'll hopefully expect that from him this season, uh, quite a bit. I think um, he had a difficult start. We'll just put that down to obviously maybe coming back and adjusting again to to Scottish football. Um, but he seems to now have the bit between his teeth, and I think that's what we need from him. You know, I think he could be a, a key player. He's still at an age where you know he can certainly deliver, and uh, and hopefully going forward he will be a, a key man. Um, and then I thought you know the second goal I thought was a, a lovely lovely ball from from Michael Smith who for me it was probably one of his his best games I've seen him play for Hearts. I thought he was I thought he had a storming game on on um, down that that wing, and it was a, it was a fantastic ball into the box for for Boyce, and that's what you need to give Boyce. You know if you if you give the ball to his feet in the penalty box he'll score. Um, his his record is is tremendous and. Um, you know, again, I hope that he gets you know fifteen to twenty goals again this season. I think that's he's definitely capable of doing so. So that front three um, of Janelli, Mackay, Stephen, and Boyce, you know, you want to see. You know, I don't think it's it's um, unrealistic to, if all of them stay fit that all three can maybe get over ten goals anyway. And um, Boyce obviously being the leading striker, you'd hope that he gets more than that. But certainly that front three, I think, should be looking at you know at the minimum maybe creating forty goals. And in Boyce and Gary McKay Stephen were effective in the Cove game as well. You know that that's what you need from your front of three, isn't it? Well, absolutely. And I mean, it's it's obviously going to take time for them to maybe come up with a partnership. I, mean, I think Boyce and McKay Stephen they started to form a little bit of a partnership towards the end of the season there. 
Um, Ginelli hasn't had much football, but you, you can already see what a quality player he is. Um, you know, seeing him in the Cove game was the first time we managed to see him live, and you know he's an electric, exciting player, and he's the sort of guy that will get um, fans off their seats, and and that's that's what we've been crying out for for uh, years. You know, I think the last player anywhere near that level was probably Milinkovic. You know, I think he was that type of player that would get you off your seat, and I think um, certainly Ginelli is the same the same stamp. But I mean, the the question is, uh, and I think it will always be this question. You know, how many games are you going to get out of him? before he gets injured, you know, the hope is that any time he does pick up an injury, it's maybe, you know, a two, three week thing, it's not, you know, what it was um, last season, out for, for four or five months, so if we can keep that front free fit, um, I think it could be key for us going forward this season, um, because they did, I thought all three of them linked up well against Cove, but um, against Peterhead as well, so I think in, in games against teams that are, um, are going to sit back, I think you need a bit of trickery and a bit of pace, and and that front three, particularly the two wide men, have that in abundance. So um, if they can, if they turn up, then they'll, they'll be a match for anybody. And a good goal from uh, Andy Halliday as well. Missed out on our Player of the Year last year. Well, yeah, he was just beaten to it by the restaurant. But I mean, um, I think he's he's definitely a, a player that could could be key for us this season. I mean, he got a lot of flack la- uh, last season. Some of it was wanted. I thought some of it was slightly harsh. Um, I think you know he'll have a full preseason behind him. I think people forget that. He, you know, I think he was only maybe he signed. I think a week before we started, maybe um, you know, playing our competitive football. So, I think the fact that he's had a, a full pre-season, um, I think he could be a key man. But he's a utility man as well. You know, he he can obviously fit in the in the middle of the park there, but he can also go and play fullback. And and you've seen towards the end of the last season how effective he was there. So, um, he'll be a key member of the squad. But um, the good thing is, I think we've got. Um, a lot of competition now in, in, key, in key areas anyway so you know you might see him maybe come in and out of the team but I think when he is in the team hopefully he'll, he'll, he'll be a key man but it was a good finish it was a really good goal Yeah I mean I thought that was probably the best game Halliday's had for Hearts in a long time he was a goal, I mean the goal aside he was brilliant but his, his work rate his effort the way he won the ball back from a Kai Stevens goal was fantastic I thought he Covered the pitch really well, done the job you expected of him. I get again, it's against Cove, but Cove were quite. Um, they started the game really well. I thought. I mean, again, again, it's kind of what Gordon said at Peterhead. There, where we we didn't start the first 10, 15 minutes. That's one thing that does concern me because we do that against better teams, we'll get punished. But it's probably my only concern from these games so far, fortunately. But I thought Halliday done really well. Took his goal brilliantly. Done his actual job really well. I think he got a lot of really unnecessary stick last year, if I'm being honest. I think he got scapegoated a lot for some... I mean, I'm not saying he was brilliant every week. He wasn't. Some of the criticism was deserved, but I think he seemed to get the brunt of a lot of the fans' anger when it wasn't necessarily his fault. It wasn't 100% Andy Halliday's only reason we're playing badly, and that seemed to be the way it got directed quite a few times. Do you, do you think though that's because you know he was like an ex-Rangers player, and they think, oh, this player's going to be quality because he played for Rangers? I mean, he is a good player; like he has played at a decent enough level throughout his career. I don't know what people thought they were getting from. He's, he's a, as Gordon says, a utility player. He's a, he's a defensive-minded midfielder, or can play left fullback. I, 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 he was never going to come in and score thirty goals. Like and he he done his job well in quite a few games. I mean, the Hibs game he was absolutely blown out of his arse, but he he still done well in that game. That was because I think I heard him on open goal saying that that was his only like first proper ninety minutes in I think eighteen months or something by that point. So again, it was always going to take him time to get up to speed. 
Um, and I think he didn't get he didn't get much slack where other players would have. Again, not saying he was excellent last season, deserved player of the year or anything by any stretch. Um, but yeah, ho- hopefully has a good season this year. Calvin obviously alluded to us not starting games very quickly. Gordon, is that an issue for Hearts? Um, I don't know. Uh, I hope not. But I think I think we'll be the sort of team that does create a lot of chances anyway. Um, but ultimately, it won't really make any difference as long as they 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 win games and score goals. I think as long as you are creating chances, it's not a bad thing, you know. I mean, I'd be more concerned if they weren't creating chances. I think the sharper um, your strikers get, and you know, not even just strikers, but your your team in general, then you know these kind of these sort of chances that you, you see that they start going in. I think the the Sunderland game, I thought two um, 0 I've seen a couple of you know um, sort of articles that Sunderland eased to win at Tynecastle. They didn't ease to win at all. I mean, I, I thought Hearts were, were the better side throughout the game. Um, you know, give away a, a cheap penalty. But for me, I thought it was soft. Didn't think it was a penalty. I've not seen it back, to be fair, but at the time, didn't think it was a penalty. Um, I thought the referee had a pretty poor game. And, I, you know, I thought he... It could have been a really decent, actually competitive friendly, but he was more interested in just blowing for silly wee free kicks and making it about him. Um, the, the, the actual game itself, I thought Hearts, you know... I thought they played some decent stuff, particularly in the first half. We're unlucky not to score. You know, they got in behind Sunderland quite a few times, but um, Sunderland had a, a pretty good centre half. Not not sure the guy's name, but I think he was maybe number three or four or something. And he just seemed to read everything that that we we were going to do when we got in behind the lines. I don't know if that's just us being a bit too slow and a bit, you know, a, a lack of sort of um, sharpness. But um, there was a few times that we should have punished them. Mackay Stephen got in behind and you thought, hit it, and he just took an extra touch, which allowed the defender to get back and, and make a block. The goalkeeper made a couple of decent saves. Uh, and then, obviously, we, we get done by uh, giving the ball away and, and McGeady, you know, finishes uh, coolly, which you would expect for that that level of player. That was the only thing that really Sunderland offered, to be honest with you. I mean, I th- they hit the under right, the, the, the crossbar, um, towards half time, they had a wee spell, a couple of corners. They didn't offer anything in the second half. You know, Hearts made the majority of the changes first, um, and I thought, you know, even when they did make the changes, Hearts were still playing football. They still looked to get the ball down. They were trying to create, but it was difficult. I mean, Sunderland are a pretty good defensive side. They haven't got much going forward. Um, they got the two big units up front, and they just seemed to hoof up to them, and that was it. So, um, thankfully, this isn't the Sunderland review because if you're a Sunderland fan. Um, and I know you know quite a few Hearts fans like Sunderland, so um, I'm sure watching that you'll maybe be a bit concerned about your team's chances in League One next season because they don't look a particularly great side. Um, but listen, it is what it is. It's a friendly game. It was a good test for Hearts, and I think you know, even just another week, another two games down the line, the chances that Hearts were creating in that game, you you see half of them starting to go in. Um, it's just the way it is, you know, players are still a bit rusty, there was guys who hadn't really had a 90 minutes under their belt yet, um, you know, guys like, well, Walker, for example, you know, it was his first kind of real outing, um, well, I think he came on against Peterhead, but um, apart from that, that was his first outing, Peter Haring got another 90 minutes under his belt, uh, well, near enough 90 minutes, um, so, you know, it was encouraging from, from that point of view as well, um, that, that these guys managed to get a, a competitive fixture, Um Although it was friendly, it was a friendly. It was quite a competitive game, um, so a, a good test for Hearts. And then I thought un- unlucky to lose the game. I think you know had um, we played Sunderland, maybe you know if Sunderland were in our league and we played them, I think Hearts would beat them. I really do. 
And I love also how you, you criticise the referee there as well. You know, it, it wouldn't be a harsh yeah, review without yeah. you criticising a referee, Gordon. Well, I mean, listen, he, I thought he deserved to, to be criticised. I thought he had a poor game. Listen, uh, as I said, you know, Hearts, I thought, I think the chance. I think they'll they will start scoring goals, um, with these chances. I, I I don't think it'll be a huge issue. I think we will be the sort of team that does create quite a lot of chances. Um, it was interesting that he played with more of a back five than than, you know, the two attacking fullbacks, which I think is probably the formation he might go with when we play Celtic. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it was also a test for him because I mean he thought I think Nielsen imagined that this was probably the, the biggest amount of quality that he'll come up against ahead of the Celtic game. Um, so that's why he decided to go with that formation. I thought, you know, I think it it's Celtic. You don't know what Celtic Celtic team's going to be yet. You know, and um, they themselves lost to Preston in pre-season. So you know, we don't know what we're up against there. But I think um, it's good that we have a a couple of different systems that we can can refer to. Um, but going forward, I would like it to be more of the Cove game. Um, than than anything else because I thought the the three four three formation was uh, it was good to watch it was entertaining yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's because we were actually in the ground but I actually enjoyed that a lot more than watching it on a stream oh yeah it makes it makes so much difference be actually being at the game I and mean, we we've said that anyway but I mean it, it does bring it home when you're there because I mean you can you know you, you have a you have a, a better look at players you know you can see more um, and I mean you can see right away the the kind of the the ability that the that front three in particular have, you know, GMS and, and Ginelli, you know, some really nice touches and um, nice kind of overlap play and things like that. And um, I thought, you know, I, I thought it was, it was just good to watch. And I think, you know, the the sharper and fitter that, that, that these guys get, then then the better. And, and hopefully that they can... I, th I think the important thing is for us is we can try and have a, a settled 11 and then, you know, you can add maybe wee bits here and there as the season goes, you know, not too much rotation, but... I think um, if we can have a, a front three that's uh, hungry, uh, attack-minded and, and want to score goals, then you know I think the, that really bodes well for us this season. Looking ahead now to the Sterling and Inverness games, final two games of the League Cup, we should win those games relatively easily and you know we should qualify with ease, shouldn't we? Well, we should do. I mean, listen, I, I wouldn't like to be in the League Cup group stage. I do like it, but I think, you know, should be the case that we should be in Europe, but it is what it is. I think, um, although we've huffed and puffed over the years, I think, you know, obviously last season, I think we, we forget that we actually pretty much got the joint. We won every game, didn't we, in, in the League Cup last year. So I would expect us to, to do the same this year. Um, although there was a few, you know, sort of one nils and stuff in, in that campaign, I, I'd like to see us, um, particularly the, the, the away game, you know, maybe put maybe be a bit more expansive again and try and get our, our goal tally up because I think Sterling are probably the closest team to us actually in the in the, in the group. So um, three points there I'll, I'll basically all but take us through and then, you know, we've got Inverness on, on Sunday and I would like us to, um, to to up the ante again, you know, ahead of the Celtic game, um, really sort of lay down a marker. I mean, the, we obviously we seem to play Inverness every single time we're in the, the League Cup now, but... Um, certainly the one that stands out to me is when we won 5-0 and um, that really was a catalyst for us having a really good start to that season um, I thought because you know we ended up beating Cowden Beef I think 5-0 on the Tuesday and then we went and played Cali Thistle on the Sunday and then we won 5-0 um, again so I think you know if we could do something similar at Stir against Sterling um, beat them by a similar scoreline I think it'll be a tough game but 
um, you know, if we can, you know, score quite a few goals there, make that three four nil or something, then do the same to Inverness. Then I think it, it's it's got a bit of positivity ahead of the Celtic game. You had a couple of signings in there, and, and people are buoyant and they're looking forward to the to the start of the campaign. So I think momentum's very key, um, particularly when you've got the the bounce of promotion as well. Um, so I think you know I think it, it's it's definitely important for us. Yeah, definitely on that that like you say that Inverness game. I think we did go and beat Celtic very soon after that at the start of that season. So I'd absolutely love for for something similar something to happen. I I think I think like you did say that Ross like last season we did that because maybe I'm a bit unfair saying we tend to struggle through these group stages. We did win all four games last season, but it wasn't. I get, we never looked in any danger, but it wasn't convincing. It'd be really nice to, for once, because I mean, Sterling Albion or what League Two, it'd be nice to go and give somebody an absolute drubbing. Like it really, even just for the players' confidence. Um, I think Inverness a good, a good test going in because they'll be the the toughest team in this group. Yep, it'd be nice, it'd be quite a tough test. Hopefully, if they've still got something, to, hopefully we are through and they've got something to play for, mm-hmm. and then we can go and try and try and really up the performance there. So anything that gets us in the right frame of mind going into that set because Celtic's going to be I know we don't know what we're going to because they've obviously got a new manager could be a totally new system there's going to be new players but it's they're still they're still Celtic it's still going to be a hard game regardless so we need to get ourselves into in a frame of mind and if we were able to go into that if if we were able to beat Celtic in the first game of the season it does lay down a proper a proper marker for the season it, Celtic on the first day of the season is always a bit of a double-edged sword if you can win it then you can really, really boost your confidence. On the flip side of that, it's probably the worst team to play <laughs> on the opening day of the season. Because you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, we got, I think, from right and see, we got a, a very early on a Brendan Rodgers Celtic, didn't we? Got Quite early on. Rodgers' first game. First game, first there you go. Game, so it's, yeah. well, same, the same yeah, effect, same, same thing. Yeah. thing. You know, it, it is always a difficult one. And I mind that game, I think, were we drawn that game I think I'm right in saying yeah, quite late on right and then they the scored right at the death and that sort of catalyst them on to go and win I think went unbeaten that season didn't yeah. they and yeah. with us it was just another you know it was I mean we didn't start that season too bad but even in a game even a game like that where you'd obviously I want us to win but if you, if it's a narrow defeat to to Celtic you still take a bit of confidence when the worst outcome is you take a drub in early doors in the season but no I think I think our performances so far have been I've been encouraging. Encouraging is probably the word I would use. Cove, I thought the Cove game is probably yeah that was really really good. Like it was as you guys were saying about the the setup and the formation. It was actually quite entertaining. Like we scored three goals, but we could I mean that could have been a cricket score if we'd been a bit sharper. Again, maybe two two weeks later on in the season, which by then Vaness game it isn't enough two weeks. So hopefully we are a bit sharper. We can start taking these chances and and maybe rack up a few good scores. We've not really signed anybody yet, Calvin. I mean, what would you make of the the club's signing policy during this window? Obviously, it's Joe Savage's first summer window. Um, you know, we're looking for more quality over quantity this window, which is something we on the podcast have been sort of crying out for. I mean, what would you make of it so far? Do you think we're waiting too long to bring in players, or do you think we should be waiting for the right players to come in? Well, I've been incredibly critical as we all have, of the club's transfer policy over the last five, six years. It's been disastrous. Like, there's no other way to describe it. If we get to the end of the transfer window, and say, I mean, I kind of need to reserve judgment to the end of the window, because if we get to the end of the window, and we've not signed anybody, then, yeah, we're in trouble. Similarly, if we get to the end of the window, and all of a sudden sign seven players on stupid deals, 
because we panic but but if we get in two or three maybe four good quality players and then it was the right decision to wait rather than just trying to hoover up players for the sake of hoovering up players so I, I don't know what the club have got in the pipeline I mean these, there seems to be no rumours I don't know if you guys have heard anything I've seen nothing and I know Savage was on the record yesterday saying that it's a very keeping things making sure there's no leaks because you're effectively doing another club scouting for them by leaking stuff to the press so I don't know I mean signings could be imminent there could be we just don't know but we, we do need players like there's there's no getting away from it maybe that starting 11 is is pretty good but you can't go into the season with no. I mean, for me at the moment, the biggest one I would say we have to get a backup goalkeeper because we're relying here on a thirty-nine-year-old to stay thirty-nine-year-old with a history of injuries to stay injury-free for the season, or else we're playing uh, Ross Stewart in goals. Yeah, I I do agree with you about the goalkeeper thing, but I can't see that being their their priority. I mean, otherwise they wouldn't have gave Stewart a a, a two-year deal, but um. I think it's funny because I think Joe Savage is either he's psychic or he's been listening to us for the past year and everything he's doing at the moment is things I've said the football club should be doing for a long time. I've been critical about their their leakage policy, to be honest with you. I mean, they would have an article in the evening news every week about this and that and who's coming and all this and there was always rumours and it was it was very leaky and I thought I'd, I'd love to actually see the percentage of deals that have collapsed because a leaks went out there and then our club's come in and took a player that Hearts were looking at um, he's, he, Savage has, has said that you know it happened from quite, quite a lot at Preston you know they would they would find a player that would do all the scout work and then suddenly a bigger club would come along and, and prize him because they know that he's looking at them so he was doing other clubs basically jobs for them um, so I think, you know, particularly up in Scotland, um, where it is quite a narrow market, I think it is important that, that we do have that type of thing. It's, it's frustrating from a fan's point of view because you want to, you know, you're glued to your the internet every day and you want to know what's happening at your football club. You want to hear the latest rumours and, and you want to get a bit excited about our signing. But if that's the way it has to be for us to be successful, then so be it. Um, but I think it's definitely, and, and he's even said this as well, quality over quantity. You know, he's actually quoted us, which I'm quite proud of. But, and, and it has to be, you know, I don't think that, I don't think it's a, a side that needs major surgery, but it definitely needs um, bits of quality, bits of excitement here and there. Um, he said that, you know, we've got a few in the pipeline and he hopes that if we can get them over the line, then, you know, they could definitely do a real job for us. Robbie Nielsen said the exact same thing. Um, he said, you know, the, the the players that they're looking at, hopefully, will will you know they want to be competitive, they want to be successful, but they feel that if they can get the players that they're looking at, whoever they may be, they can hopefully take them to the next level. The only rumor that I've heard was Catch on loan potentially, and I think that would be a really good signing if that's somebody they're looking at. Um, you know, he's a left-sided centre half, which is what they they're looking for. He can also fill in at left back but I think you'd primarily be there as, as part of a back three for me that boosts your set the the the, the defense right up um to a different level you know because I mean it was only it was was that long ago that he was being touted for 10 million pound moves to to Italy and down to England and all that sort of thing but injury kind of um sort of forced him uh, down the pecking order at Ibrox so you know if Hearts could do a deal for the for for him then that would be a tremendous bit of business but again you know we I, I'm I'm quite happy to trust the club I think for us to compete um we need to be uh we need we need to get it right you know we need to have a ratio rather than one in 10 signings getting it right 
having a ratio of eight and ten signings and getting them right. And I think, and I don't think that's impossible. You know, I think I think for the the the, the resources that Hearts have, that's what they should be doing. Um, so let, let's hope that. I mean, listen, it might not it, this season might not be the one where it clicks into gear. But I think, you know, whether it be the next day-in season or the following season after that, I think very soon we'll see something special happen to Hearts. You know, I, I do. I've got that kind of feeling. I think we're on the cusps of something. And I think, you know, we're just we're just putting our pawns in place at the moment. And, and hopefully, you know, and it might, and it's not going to happen overnight as much as we'd love it to happen. But, you know, I think we are we're putting the right things in place at the moment. And, and hopefully um, we can just get it right on the park and then we could... You know who knows where the football club could go because uh, we've said for a long time that there's there's real potential here. Yeah, well, you you talk about obviously your hopes for the next few seasons. What what's your hopes for this season, Gordon? I mean, c- can this squad, if the signings are right, you know, go and finish third? Yeah, yeah. I I I said that last season. You know, I I don't think that it's it's impossible for this side to go and finish third. I think you know with the right signings, I think experience, quality, you add in there, then definitely. Um, you know, and hopefully we have a bit of luck on the injury front. I think we're definitely due that. Um, then there's no reason why they, they they can't go and finish third because you you look at the sides who will be in the mix for it. You've got Hibs. I think Hearts are better than Hibs. They've they've beaten them already last season. Um, for me, I, I think I think Hearts beat Hibs. Um, I think Aberdeen as well. The jury's still out. They've made some okay signings, but that again, their team that's in transition didn't finish the season last season particularly well. Um, I think their I think their cycle's coming to an end. Aberdeen, you know, they've they've had a really good run, but I think um, I think it's got to the stage now where you'll maybe see them have a, a couple of seasons where they'll struggle. I think uh, you know Motherwell don't look a good side to me. I watched them against um, Queens Park. I thought they were poor, very lucky to win that game. Dundee United. I watched them against Kelty Hearts. I know they've won their one obviously all three their bet um, sorry Premier Sports games, but. For me, I still don't think they look a great side. You know, you take maybe Shanklin's goals out of there, then again, they're a pretty mundane side. I think those two could struggle. St Johnston, how far will they get in Europe? You know, how many of their players will they keep? Um, you know, I think if they keep their squad together, they could definitely challenge. But again, how many of them do they keep? Um, and then, you know, you're, you're looking at the rest of the top six after that. Uh, who, who have you got left in there that would that you would think would finish above that Hearts team. Not many, you know. I think St Mirren have made a couple of okay sign-ins, but I, I still don't see them being a, a team that's going to challenge for Europe. Maybe a top six spot, potentially. I think Dundee could be a dark horse, potentially. I think, you know, and the Premier League might suit them a little bit better. You know, we've seen them towards the end of last season. Um, you know, they, 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 I thought they were playing a lot better anyway, and um, they've made a couple of okay sign-ins as well. So they could be a side mid-table. I think it's it's a really competitive league. And I think a lot of teams will take points off each other. But I think the most important thing is your home form. And I think Hearts have the ability to have a strong strong home form. And, and, and credit to Nielsen, that's one thing that, especially during his first spell, his record at Tynecastle was good. And I think it's, it'll have to be if Hearts are going to get back into Europe. And then you, know, you can just try and take as many points as you can away from home. And that's where momentum will come into things. You know, If you're on a good run, then... You know, it doesn't matter what away game comes along. You might have that little bit more quality um, to to take points. So I think um, I think definitely thirds thirds there for Hearts um, if they can take it. But I think at the same time, I think anything less than than a top five finishes is unacceptable, and I think would require a a, a new manager. In, in my opinion, I, I I don't think we should be settling for sixth place again because we're just back to where we started before. 
and we can talk about being promoted and all this sort of thing, but I think we've got to be realistic. I think that squad's definitely good enough to be minimum top five, which I think, you know, I think something like maybe a, maybe six out of the last seven or something's got you in the unit, something like that. Um, so I think definitely uh, we, we, we should be in that top five, but I'd love to see us push for third because it's, it's been a while. Yeah, I would agree with a lot of that. Like the, the there's a couple of big unknowns there. Like you say, Aberdeen, you just they've been consistent for the best part of ten years now, and all these cycles have to come in. They've lost a lot of the players that made them like that. McInnes seem to run out of ideas, so they've they've finally replaced him with a rookie manager. I mean, Stephen Glass hadn't managed anywhere before, had he? Is he like a youth um, coach. Or? Atlanta United two, right. in the in so the it was a reserve USAL league or. A reserve coach in America, basically. Yeah, B yeah. team, yeah. <laughs> Aye, so, like, I mean, it, you never know, right? I mean, it, it could be brilliant, but it's a big unknown. Um, Hibs were the most consistent of the rest of them last season. There's no reason they won't keep that up this year. I think it's probably a looking, on paper anyway, you're probably looking a straight fight between us and Hibs for third. St. John, I mean, St. Johnston, you can't take anything away from how St. Johnston done last season. They had a fantastic year. They seem to have kept a hold of their players there doesn't, doesn't seem to have been any big moves out which I'm really surprised at because I thought a lot of the clubs would be hooving about them soon soon Gordon says so you might be probably not wrong with that um, good point I mean we talk about the season starting you yeah. know the English season is, you know they're just they're just getting started pre still aren't six they? weeks of transfer window left they, there you go maybe they might want to play because like, they did get a really good draw in Europe I'll say good it'd be a good draw if you could actually go to the games but I mean Galatasaray or PSV like that's but then I suppose I know folks say they're big names obviously PSV or Galatasaray one of them goes out the Champions League I mean to be fair Galatasaray got beat off Rangers last season I mean I'm not saying you know but funny things funny things do happen in football no I mean they do and like they might be further behind their pre-seasons and Johnson might just catch them cold it'd be great if they did but I just I don't know how St Johnston are going to perform they're, they're an our big unknown like they obviously had the best season in their history last season um, so that might carry them on quite a bit. Yeah, they might go and do a Leicester. They might go and win the league. <laughs> of, all, of all the teams to finally break the old firm duopoly, it'd be St Johnston. I don't know whether I'd laugh or cry at that. If I'm being honest, right? no, I'd, love, def- I'd definitely yeah, cry. I, would, yeah, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm happy they won the Scottish last season. I'm happy they won the League Cup semi last season. But part of me is still really annoyed. Like. Real annoyed that the first club to do a double is outside the old firm's fucking St Johnston. Um, yeah, I it's it's hard to say. I think like the main point Gordon drives home there's anything less than top five should be a sackable offence. Um, the only thing I would caveat was if we, if we somehow won won a piece of silverware on top of that. I mean, a piece of silver wouldn't ex- wouldn't excuse a totally disastrous league campaign. We finished tenth or something, but if we finish sixth on the Scottish Cup, you take that every year. Um, but no, we need to be. Hearts should. We shouldn't be finishing outside the top five. The fact that we've not been in the top five for what three, four seasons now is inexcusable. We've not not been in Europe since twenty sixteen. That's that is ridiculous. Talking about other teams in the league, obviously, I wanted to end the show by speaking about our predictions for the season. We've already alluded to a lot of that. Who's finishing bottom this season? I I think Dundee United will finish bottom. I just I, th- I think rookie manager. I just think I think I think a team will come in for Shankland before the end of the the, the window. Um, for me, you know, I don't think they've got enough there. 
Uh, I know they won six one the other night there, but they're playing East Fife. Um, I think that uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just I have a feeling about Dundee United. I think you know of all the teams that are. Um, originally it was Ross County I was thinking but then they went and appointed Mackay and I think that's a shrewd, shrewd managerial appointment I think he's an experienced guy I think he'll I think he's got a point to prove I think he'll do I think he'll do okay there I think he'll keep them up anyway um, and I think Motherwell could be in trouble you know they've signed a lot of players but again you know I think they're, they're still wanting to sign even more and it, it just screams back to when Craig Levine was in charge and we had signed 14 players in a window and he's saying oh I still need more and stuff like that and uh, yeah I just I, those two teams in particular I think out of all the teams that I've seen so far and, I mean listen there might be a surprise I mean we were obviously a surprise package you know two years ago um, nobody expected Hearts to, to get relegated you know I think even the most optimistic Hibbies wouldn't have had bets on that um, but at the end of the day you know we, we did so it could, it could happen to you know, it could, it could be a St Johnston. Who knows? You know, win a double and then get relegated. Um, football has funny ways of uh, throwing things like that up. But I generally do think Motherwell and and Dundee United are the two sides that I think will struggle um, the most this season. That's really interesting because I was going to say Motherwell as well, and I don't have a particular like just an out and out reason why. But I just think they seem to have constantly been like there's just something about them. They they just seem to be going that way. And just seem to be continuously getting worse and just in a bit of a slow decline. Um, Dundee United, I've not watched enough of. I forgot they appointed the rookie manager, so they could be. I mean, usually we look at the clubs that come up and go, well, they'd be in trouble, but you'd expect Hearts not to be. Dundee, for some reason as well, they have a decent group of players there. that I, I, I don't think they'll be in trouble. I think they'll they'll survive quite comfortably. On paper, like you say, like, the, I mean, the two smallest clubs are Ross County and St Johnston, but again, I, they seem to have enough about them. Yeah, but then obviously St Johnston just won a cup. Yeah. They have a good team. It depends on if they sell anybody, I suppose. But in Ross County, good money behind them. They'll always be staying up, I think. St Mirren are the other one who... They obviously had a pretty decent season in the end last year, but there was long periods of time they looked in real bother. They never tend to stay in the league for more than two or three seasons at a time. This will be their fourth season up. So... On that, like, they seem to be the sort of team that I could see being in serious bother. I don't, I don't think St Mirren will be. I think they've, um, you know, Goodwin's is actually a pretty decent coach, uh, pretty decent manager. He's got, he's got his head on, kind of. He, he knows the Scottish game. I think he knows what um, St Mirren need, and they've signed a lot of players that have quite experienced and and, and know the league pretty well. Um, so I think they'll be they'll be mid table. I think that middle pack, and it's why I don't want Hearts to get caught in it. Um, I think of your Dundee's, St Mirren's, St Johnston's, um, Livingston's. You know, the, the, those clubs will all take points off each other. Who's going to win the league? I think it'll be Rangers. I don't think Celtic have enough yet to do it. It would be it'd be some achievement if if Postecoglou did manage to bring them the title back. I just don't see it happening. I think Celtic have you know they've got a lot of damage to that squad. You know, they've got a lot of signings they'll need to make, a lot of quality they'll need to make up and. It might not be the case that they hit the ground running. I mean, you see when Gerrard took over at Rangers, you know, it took them a while to get going. I think Celtic have got to do something similar with Postecoglou. You know, they've appointed this guy, clearly wasn't the, the front runner, he wasn't the man they wanted, but they've got him in anyway, and they've got to back him. There's no point, you know, sacking him after six months because, you know, there's so many points behind Rangers. I think they've they've got to look at and, and try and progress. If he can get them, maybe, I don't think they'll, they'll be anywhere near the Champions League group stages, but... Um, if they could get themselves into the Europa League group stages, 
and they could have a somewhat decent campaign, build up a squad like what Rangers did, you know, under Gerrard, you know, although, you know, they were nowhere near it in terms of the, the title race the first season, um, they did at least, you know, have a really good run in Europe, and that's what kind of um, Gerrard used as, as a building block, and I think Celtic have got to do the same. They've got to do well in Europe and then go from there. I, I just don't see them getting near Rangers this season. I think Rangers will comfortably uh, win, win the title, maybe by... 15-20 points again Is there a chance Calvin that you know Celtic could finish third? I mean there's always a chance for that you, you're relying on somebody else to go on a run that, that they've came I mean what Celtic have achieved over the last 10 years even without Rangers being the league etc is, is pretty remarkable well they seem remarkable it's not remarkable the budget they've got but that's gone like they've reached the end of that cycle and it's a big rebuilding job with a new manager who's new at the Scottish game I think it is very similar to the situation Rangers found themselves in when Gerrard came into the club. I don't think... I think they've still got enough about them over the course of 38 games to finish second. I, I don't really see that. They'll, 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 they'll spend enough money. Yeah. I think you know. I think if it was a heart side that was managed properly as a football club and we were at a stage where you know we had a really good team we were kind of at sort of top three and you know we'd finished start a couple of seasons in a row and stuff like that we, where we should have been in terms of the, the plans Hearts could could have thought to themselves yeah we, we could have a really good a, a good go at splitting the old firm this season because I think there's the that's just an opportunity there like you say I just don't think we're, we're at that stage yet I don't think Hibs will do it um, I definitely don't think Aberdeen will do it um, could St Johnston do it I don't think so, but um, but they're the only teams realistically that that could potentially split the old firm. I just don't see it happening this season. I mean, listen, I hope Celtic have have a, a long time without winning a trophy. Um, I think they they've had enough success for a lifetime, to be honest with you, over the past ten years. But credit to them, they went on and and they done it on the pitch. You know, it's, it, I think it is an incredible achievement. I think to win that those amount of trophies and in, in that period of time, and you look at the amount of cup finals during that that. I mean, Hearts pushed them close twice as well, you know. Um, but to go on and, and win the amount of trophies in that period of time that they did is is incredible. Um, but that cycle's ended now, and I think they've got a huge rebuilding job on on their hands. And but the money and the resources that they've got available, I think, will be enough to get them second. But I think the gap, I don't think it'll be as as big as what it has been in recent years. And you know, it might only be maybe ten points between them and third, um, maybe even a wee bit less than that. But Listen, who knows? You know, football's listen. Life's been turned upside down. So, would it really shock you if anybody went and done the unthinkable and won the league outside the old firm? Who knows? You know, uh, life's strange these days. But uh, if somebody turned around to me, you know, if somebody came through a portal and says, right, you know, you're going to go into a pandemic and you're going to be miserable for eighteen months, but Hertz will get relegated and then they'll come back up and win the league, would you take that? Yes, I would. But we're being realistic here, Calvin, and where are Hearts actually going to finish? Between third and fifth, but I suspect that's too too vague an answer. Be honest here, where do you think we will finish? I think fourth. I think I would go fourth. I, I don't see a reason why we can't finish third. Um, I know, because lots of pe- like, people are listening, oh, we've just been relegated, just been promoted. New prom-, but then we got third the last time we got promoted. Hibs got third the time they got promoted. There's there's no reason why we can't... Oh, no, they didn't get third. They bought it the last day. They got fourth. Um, there's no reason we can't get third there's absolutely no reason at all and I, th- I think we should be aiming for it I think the players should be should have that in their minds going into the season um, but realistically there's there's still a lot of unknowns the Hibs were consistent last season it's, I, I still think we are probably better than them on head to head but Jack Ross figured out a way to get them consistent in the league and they, they absolutely strolled to third in the end unfortunately but they did 
So for them to go from that to losing that, it's. I, I know you might be pained to say this then, but does that make Hibs favourites for third? I mean, it does, yeah. The team that finished third last season should, especially given the way that like, the manner in which they finished third, you've got an unknown quantity in a newly promoted Hearts side, you've got Aberdeen on a downward spiral, hopefully. Um, then, yeah, they should be favourites, whether or not they will finish third. I mean, for Hibs to finish third two years in a row is highly unlikely, I would say. Um, no team real aside from Aberdeen's managed that in the last couple, in the last. 10, 15 years. I mean, we used to finish third fairly regularly, but even then it wasn't every season. Or back, I mean, I think we've only done it back to back once in recent times under Levine, first time round. So. It finished something like three or four seasons once, I think, third. But I think I think Hibs, you know, somewhere to what I was saying about St Johnson, I think it all depends on how they do in Europe. You know, I think if they get to... I mean, realistically, you know, if you're a Hibby, you'd be thinking we should really begin to the group stages of the Conference League here. Um, and I think Scottish clubs need to aim for that. Now, listen, I hope they crash and burn and they go out early and they have a terrible season and get relegated. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think what will probably happen is they'll end up maybe. F- I don't. I don't think they'll finish above us. I. I just. I just don't see it happening. I think you know there's there's flaws in that hip side. I think defensively they they are very suspect. Um, I know they were consistent towards the end, but I just think that you know, Hibs notoriously find it difficult to play in front of their own fans. They do. They, they always have, historically. And I think, you know, they've probably done all right without having that support maybe being there, actually. I think, you know, when, when they go back to a full Easter road and, and you know, they find it difficult to, to break certain teams down and stuff, I think their fans will get in their back. Similar maybe what we do as well, you know. I think we're, we're bad for it as well. Um, but I just think, you know, Hearts have a little bit more going forward and I think they have a little bit more defensively. Um, than what Hibs do, and I think if we can add to it, you know, um, with a bit of quality, with with a couple of bits of quality, I think we'll that that will be enough. I think for us to go into third. So I, I'm I'm obviously hoping, you know, listen, if we were sitting here and and today was you know transfer windows closing tomorrow, then I would maybe say right, yeah, I think maybe fourth or fifth is more realistic. But I'm I'm keeping an open mind, and I'd like to think, you know, that with a couple of signings, um it might be enough for us to, to come in third. But come, come back to me before the window shuts and I'll 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 lock it in. But I'm 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 quietly confident the Hearts can get themselves into third this season. I think it's gotta be the aim and um it would be it would be glorious if the club could uh, could get themselves back into Europe and I think it's gotta be the aim. Well with that we're gonna end the show and thank you both for joining me this week. Um, we will be back next week to talk about the first game in the premiership against Celtic. Um, hopefully you can join us for that but until then goodbye